The next several weeks were busy for both Emily and Dennis. She was finishing her second year at New York University, and he was spending an inordinate amount of time at the hospital. But neither of them could totally concentrate on their tasks, overcome with fleeting thoughts of their first amazing encounter in New York. After the semester, Emily visited her parents and her grandmother, who was still recovering from her surgery. Emily told her grandmother that she had met Dr. Thompson in New York to see a baseball game and took a carriage ride with him in Central Park. She left out the intimate details. She also gave her a fairly detailed account of her second date with Dr. Thompson at the Lamani restaurant in Roslyn. She described to her each course of the meal, the restaurant's decor, and how she thought Dr. Thompson was an attentive and amiable gentleman. She hoped that someday soon she would be able to invite the doctor for a meal with her family. Emily was confident that the feelings she believed they had for each other were serious and genuine. Grandmother Thompson sensed from Emily's countenance that Dr. Thompson was more than a special friend. With Emily's summer internship and Dennis's workload, it was difficult being able to steal time for each other. The short distance between her home and Manhattan seemed an abyss, considering the traffic and coordinating their schedules. In late June, Dennis called Emily. How are things going? Terrific. And for you? That's why I called. I have some vacation time. I should use it before the summer escapes us. I have a bit of flexibility in selecting dates. Don't you have some time off between the end of your internship and the start of your next semester? Emily was feeling a rush of excitement, anticipating going away with Dennis for possibly an entire week. Actually, I do. What did you have in mind? I'll be free after August 9th and regular classes resume on August 28th. That will work out great. Why don't you spend some time visiting your family the week following your internship and we could take our own vacation the week of the 17th. That will still give you a few days to get ready for classes. I can do that. Where did you want to go? It's summer and it's hot, but if you want a warm beach, maybe Florida or the Bahamas. Or if you want somewhere a bit colder, maybe Martha's Vineyard or Nantucket. Can we see California? I've never been to the West Coast. Inside, Emily felt like an excited little girl. And Dennis would have promised her the moon if it were possible. He had fallen in love, but had never actually said the words out loud up to this point. Sure, we can do that. Do you trust me to make the arrangements, or would you like to plan your own trip? Impishly, Emily said. Why don't you do this one? I'll do all the rest. And let's keep this vacation between us, for now. I just don't feel like explaining anything about our relationship. My father still treats me like glass, and I do not need the lectures. This is embarrassing. Here I am an adult living on my own, in Manhattan, and I feel the need to keep the fact I'm vacationing with a single man, a big secret. Believe me Dennis, they are no prudes. I simply want to avoid the conversation. That's your call Emily. I will contact you with the details after they're made. He wanted to hang up with, Emily, I love you, but said instead, I am looking forward to spending time with you. See you soon. Emily's internship provided her with valuable insight into her chosen profession. She realized that her duties, mostly consisting of research, preparation of documents, and shadowing practicing attorneys, were important, but somewhat artificial. It only counted when your ass was on the line and you were dealing with real-life people, whose money or freedom depended on your skills and ability. Skills not easily teachable, like tenacity or perseverance, 
or creativity, or cleverness, separate the good from the great. Prestige was essential to her, built into her DNA from her grandfather and parents. Her grandmother had provided the compassion necessary to survive in the dog-eat-dog world she was entering. Alice Thompson was the athletic preschool teacher that had nurtured Emily most of her childhood, while her mother was lawyering and her father was engineering in order to provide for their family. Emily was also a romantic, and Dennis Thompson was her objective. She was determined to have it all. Her internship dragged on as thoughts of California and Dennis consumed her mind. She completed a successful internship and possibly on-the-job training for a position in a prestigious law firm upon graduation and passing the bar. But now, finally it was vacation time. She spent the second full week of August at her parents as planned. It was always a comfortable retreat. Home was childhood, free of worries and responsibility. Summer at home was memories of Jones Beach and free-spirited weekends. But this weekend, home was a layover stop on the way to the Golden State. Not wanting to ruin the time for her parents, Emily did not mention her California vacation until two days before she was leaving. Oh by the way, I will be leaving in a couple of days for a short holiday in California with one of my college friends. Her father was the first to burst in. Who is this friend? And where are you getting this money from? Emily did not want to attach her roommate to the lie. Her parents knew Bobby, and it was too easy to check on. It's nobody you know. Her name is Stephanie, and we've taken several classes together. You know that I have always wanted to see where the movies are made. This is my chance. The law firm paid me a small pro-rata salary this summer, and I've saved some money. It's mostly your money, if I'm honest, but Steffi and I will be sharing expenses and living on the cheap. Emily was not in the habit of lying to her parents. In fact, she couldn't remember doing it except for when she skipped school and got away with it. Mostly, her deceit in the past had been from lies of omission. She never shared with her mother the promiscuous stage in her life while attending Cornell. Emily and her mother had a close relationship, but some things are too private or too shameful to share. Her parents could have been upset, but they were very understanding. They remembered being free and being young. Emily's mother took charge. Emily, I hope you have a good trip. You certainly deserve some downtime. Your father and I will deposit a little extra into your account this month. Use it in good health. And don't put yourself in dangerous situations. Keep your eyes and ears open. Mother. I live on my own in New York City. I think I can take care of myself. Before leaving, Emily made certain to say goodbye to her grandmother. She was not as easily duped as her parents. Enjoy yourself, Emily, and don't do anything I wouldn't do. Emily hugged her grandmother in leaving. Please, stay well grandma. I still need you. Her parents drove Emily to the Farmingdale train station thinking she was headed to Manhattan before taking off to Los Angeles. The truth is she rode the train one stop and met Dennis. He drove to Kennedy Airport and parked his car in long-term parking. She had her cell phone turned on just in case her parents called. She felt like a deceitful teenager running off with some guy. Dennis placed her luggage in the back seat, greeted her with a kiss, and asked, Did you change your mind and tell your parents you were vacationing with me? No, but if we haven't driven each other crazy after this trip, I promise that this is the last time I'll hide you away like a criminal. My family knows that we've had a few dates, so it's not like a big surprise if we continue to go out with each other. So where are we staying? Well, I think you'll like the room I got us. 
It's in Santa Monica. It looks like there's a nice pool there and the beaches are close by just in case you want to dip your toe into the Pacific and it's not too far from Los Angeles and the action. I rented a car so we can basically go wherever we want to. I didn't plan every single day. I thought you might like to pick the places you want to visit. We must certainly see Hollywood. It would be a sin not to. And I know it sounds silly, but how far is Disneyland from where we are staying? Depending on traffic, it's about an hour's drive. If you want to, we'll go. This must be costing you a fortune. You bought my plane ticket, rented a car, and paid for the hotel and God knows what else. You'll go broke, or maybe into debt. Let's not discuss money, please, Emily. I do fairly well. Plus, I cannot think of a better way to spend my money. It's selfish of me, but making you happy makes me happy. If Emily wasn't in love with Dennis before, his generosity, consideration and charm would be the fait accompli. She had to make every effort to control her true feelings for Dennis. She told herself to be demure. She knew she was not the only woman interested in Dennis. She also knew she was the only woman Dennis was taking to California. Upon arrival, they first sat out by the pool, shaded by the overhang surrounding the perimeter. It was 78 degrees, a tiny bit warmer than the typical temperature for this time of the year. After about two hours of sitting in the afternoon sun and consuming tropical mixed drinks, Dennis suggested they go to their room and dress for dinner. Emily was more than ready. As they started removing their respective bathing suits, Dennis went over to Emily covering her up with her own terry cloth bathrobe he had removed from her open suitcase. He caressed her breasts guiding her to the king-sized bed and tugging back the tightly prepared bedsheets. He asked, Are you in a very big hurry to have dinner now? I think it might be better if we worked up an appetite. After the lovemaking they enjoyed a wonderful dinner which they consumed with ravenous appetites. Then it was back to the room. Both Dennis and Emily were jet-lagged by this point. Their bodies registered 2 a.m. But their phones displayed 11 Pacific time. They cuddled warmly together in bed and drifted off to sleep. Sunday morning dawned with the two lovers in each other's arms. So what's on tap for today? Let's go to Hollywood. Who knows? I might be discovered, and then I won't need you anymore. I'll be glad to duck out of my last year at NYU. Yeah, that's a plan, and I'll be sure to take you to Schwab's drugstore. What does that mean? Never mind. I'm sure it must be closed down by now. My father used to tell me tales about old-time movie stars being discovered there in the 50s. After a long day exploring the Hollywood scene, Emily and Dennis drove back to their Santa Monica hotel. As the fading day approached dusk, they walked a bit enjoying the swaying palm trees and watching boat sails fluttering in the breeze. The next day, Emily and Dennis drove to Disneyland. She confessed that she was not a real big fan of roller coasters, but she would ride, if that's what Dennis enjoyed. He told her he wasn't a big fan of them either. They spent the entire day at the theme park, and it was still not enough time. Mostly, the two lovers rode the slow rides through Disney's many showcase attractions. They toured the park in Disney's original 1955 Main Street horse-drawn cable car, took the Mark Twain riverboat, and rode the Disneyland monorail and Big Thunder Railroad. They also went to as many live performances as they could fit into their day. There was a jazz club, Captain America, and of course Frozen. Emily proclaimed that they were not allowed to leave without seeing the legendary It's a Small World and Pirates of the Caribbean. She was falling more and more in love with Dennis. 
He was attentive to her every desire, and seemed not to mind the silly childlike girly things she wanted to do. They snacked all day, but Emily rationalized that they were burning off the calories with all their walking. The sweetheart stayed past sunset, but left before the park closed to avoid the general exodus. They still had an hour's drive back to their hotel. That night they shared the same small pillow talk as they slumbered off to sleep. On day four they went to see the big Hollywood sign. That was a must for Emily. Then the two sightseers explored the Walk of Fame stars and saw where the Academy Awards and reality shows like American Idol were held at the Dolby Theater. They visited Griffith Park and Grauman's Chinese Theater. Then suddenly, Dennis asked Emily if she would like to drive to San Francisco. I hear the Pacific Coast Highway is beautiful, and who knows, we may not get back here for another 10 years. Did you say 10 years? Do you think we'll be together in 10 years? Of course we will, asserted Dennis, smiling broadly. We'll have been married for years by then. We may even have a few kids to drag along with us. Emily decided not to press the marriage tease. It would be nice to see San Francisco. What about your rental? What about your hotel reservations? What about our flight back? None of those things are problems that can't be solved. The drive to San Francisco will probably take six or seven hours, but I'll be with you. We'll take our time, and we'll take the whole day stopping by the scenic sites. We can find good places to eat, take potty breaks, and basically chill. I'm in. We'll get to see the two most famous California cities for the price of three. Some bargain. Dennis was elated. They would drive up on the 21st and be in San Francisco by that evening. He rented a room online at a nice hotel near the Knob Hill area. He had checked the Oakland Athletics schedule and knew they would be in town playing the Yankees on the 22nd. How could Emily refuse him? That evening they arrived at their hotel around 6 p.m. Their drive had taken over nine hours between stopping to wander and having two leisurely meals, but no one was complaining. After checking in, Dennis approached Emily speaking quietly in her ear. Are you too tired to go out after the drive? Emily whispered back. Are you too tired from driving all day to make love to me? Dennis grabbed the key card and steered the luggage rack that he had loaded down the corridor to the elevator. He smiled. Do I look like a tired old man to you, Emily? Emily wanted to show Dennis the overflowing love she was feeling for him. She was no longer holding back from wanting Dennis to feel the intensity of her love. Sometime later, Dennis was the first to speak. Miss Perino, you are incendiary. And I really, really love incendiary. You ain't so bad yourself, Dino. No one ever called Dennis Dino before Emily, and it sounded right. He would never permit anyone else to use her pet name when addressing him. They were now undeniably in love with each other. Dennis, as proper civility dictated, was the first to say, Emily, I love you. Emily was finally able to return the words she so desperately wanted to say, but had held back, in case Dennis was not really the heartfelt lover she thought him to be, deep down in her soul. Emily said with tears in her eyes, that Dennis could not see, in the darkened room. I love you too, Dennis. So, there it was. Things would be simpler now. The tippy-toeing around feelings could come to an end. Dennis embraced Emily declaring, I will have something to ask you at Christmas time. I will propose marriage to you, and you will act as if it's a big surprise. I can't do it now, since I'm not prepared with the ring, 
and maybe the ambiance could be better. Anyway, we've only known each other for five months, and another four months will give you time to examine me more closely, to consider whether you want to be tied to me for the rest of your life. My mind is made up. I've been looking for the perfect woman for years, and I knew almost from that first day. Seeing you was magical, but knowing you was earth-shattering. Did I mention I love you? This was something that Emily did not expect, at least so soon. I wasn't even thinking about marriage. Talk about sudden. Of course not. You are still in school, and you really haven't even started your real life yet. I know because I've been there. It's why I never married before. I will wait until after your graduation. I hope that a year from now we will be man and wife. There's nothing for you to say or do, Emily. I do not expect or even want an answer. Just know the big question is looming. You have months to break off things with me if you don't feel as certain as I do. That's it. It's all out there now. And I will not mention it again until St. Nick comes down the chimney. Even though it was before bedtime, the two lovers fell back onto their respective pillows, with their warm bodies unconsciously interconnected at various points throughout the night. Emily's swirling dreams drifted toward slumber. Dennis was out like a light, from the driving and the passion. They took an early flight Sunday morning to New York. With the time difference, the arrival time was more than eight hours later than the departure time. Emily and Dennis had to say goodbye at the airport. Emily was headed back to the university the following week, and he had to return to his responsibilities at the hospital. Don't forget what I told you, Emily. At Christmas time, only about four months from now, I don't want you to say anything to me about your answer until then. Dennis, is that all? Are you saying we won't see each other until Christmas? I can't possibly be away from you that long but we will both be very busy for the next few weeks. I will call you or text you every day. Not if I reach you first. Emily pressed her cheek against Dennis's. He took her face in his hand, moving her toward his lips for a long tender farewell. Thank you for the best vacation of my life. They grabbed their luggage and walked outside to the taxi. The driver took Emily's luggage and waited for Dennis to kiss Emily goodbye one last time. She looked back, waving forlornly as Dennis became smaller and smaller in the distance. He found his car in long-term parking and began his solitary return to Long Island.